Family Matters is the series. Sermon number nine is our message for today. The series, once again, is entitled Family Matters. Look at someone and say, your family matters. Family matters. This is the ninth message of this series. The text for this message is found in the fourth chapter and the eighth verse of the book of Philippians. Reading from the New Living Translation. One verse and one powerful epistle called Philippians. Verse 8, chapter 4. And it reads, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Uh, please look at this. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and what is right and what is pure and what is lovely and what is admirable think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise Listen to that last sentence again. For this is where this subject comes from. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. For the next few moments in this ninth message of this series, I'd like to speak to you from the subject, think about it. Look at somebody, wave your hands and say, think about it. Clap those hands as you take your seat, amen. Think about it. Think about it. Perhaps some of you have heard me speak in the past about the influence that my late uncle, Uncle Joe, had on helping to shape my life throughout my childhood and my adulthood. Every major decision in my life until the day he transitioned, July the 2nd, 2013, he was always there. Even when at the later stages of his life, I knew he wasn't in a cognitive position to understand our conversation, but I still had a conversation. Went to the hospital and to the nursing home, still had a conversation with Uncle Joe. One of Uncle Joe's favorite quotes that he often shared with me and others. And Uncle Joe was a historian, was an amateur philosopher. Is that his house was full of philosophical his history books. All day. he had plats on his walls of quotes. I think I got that for him. I've got quotes everywhere under my desk, on my wall open my desk, always a quote to motivate you and to remind you. One of Uncle Joe's favorite quotes that he often shared with me and others are the iconic words of the 17th century French philosopher by the name of René Descartes, which simply says, I think Think, therefore, I am. Could you love that quote? It was everywhere. 
it's embedded in me. It was embedded in my cousin Chip and other young people that he influenced. I think, therefore, I am. Uncle Joe would often say to us, thinking can be one of your greatest assets or one of your greatest downfalls. It can be one of your greatest assets or it can be one of your greatest downfalls. He would constantly say to young people, whether at Benedict College, whether at the Family Life Center, Deacon Simmons, wherever he encountered them, he would constantly say, remember to always think before you react. Uncle Joe would go on to say, because impulsive reaction usually brings explosive results. Think about most of the mistakes that we've made in our lives. A lot of them have simply been made because of impulsive reaction, which brought about explosive or detrimental results. Uncle Joe knew how important it was that young people in particular understood the value of proper thinking or critical thinking. So every decision that I would make, I would go to him and ask his advice. Uncle Joe, I want to get married. Luca and I want to get married. No, we're young. He would say, have you thought about it? Uncle Joe, I want to transition from law school to seminary. He says, have you thought about it? Uncle Joe, I want to start a business. Have you, that's all he would say, thought about it. I remember perhaps the only thing he did not ask me had I thought about was when I told him, Uncle Joe, I want to go to Benedict and follow after your footsteps. He says, good decision. (laughs) He understood the importance of young people thinking before they act. I wish I can tell you that I always listen. Wish I can tell you that I never made mistakes out of my impulse. Wish I can tell you that my life and all of these years that I thought carefully before I did anything, I did not always do that. I I confess that I paid the price for not properly thinking things out before I did them. Joe knew that. He challenged us, but he knew ultimately the decision would be up to us. Can I preach this morning? Can I talk to you this morning? Listen, the truth is how we think and what we think says more about who we are than perhaps many of the other things we give credit to. You are who you are, not necessarily because of the school that you may have matriculated through, because of your last name, or because of the job you work on. No, you are who you are because of the way you think. Listen to a paraphrased version of Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 7. Uh, Solomon writes, as a person thinks in his heart, so is he. You are what you think. You are the things you think about. You can dress it up. (laughs) You can put lipstick on a pig, but don't take them next to a mud pile because 
Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. Uncle Joe told me this. Lipstick does not prevent pigs from re-entering the mud. Some of you caught what I'm really talking about. And just for the record, I'm not talking about pigs and mud. I'm talking about you and your bad decisions. Dressed up as you are, you are still no greater than the thoughts that you allow to run through you. Can I preach to someone? Listen, my brothers and sisters, one of my favorite secular authors is Malcolm Gladwell. And I encourage all of you to read more than the Bible. Uh Uh-oh. Pastor, I read my Bible. That's all I need to read. No, you need to read a lot more than the Bible. Malcolm Gladwell, a very successful secular author who wrote The Blink, wrote the book The Tipping Point. Most noted young author writes, and I quote, most successful people just seem to think differently. He studied successful people. Uh, in, in his book, The Blink, he, he studied companies and people whose lives took a turn and they went uh, from, from perhaps being out of it to ascending to the top. And his conclusion was most successful people that he studied seem to just think differently. If you thinking like if you are thinking like everybody else, then perhaps you're not an original. Preach Pastor Jackson. Listen, Gladwell goes on to say these successful people are not usually bound by limited or negative thinking. If you look at people who succeeded from athletics to business to religion to even in their personal lives, they're not usually bound by negative things. What if Michael Jordan after eighth grade being cut from the eighth grade? Could you imagine Michael Jordan not making an eighth grade basketball team? Cut in eighth grade did not allow that to limit his thinking. Just five years later, he found himself in the Superdome in New Orleans, North Carolina, going for a championship. Dean Smith draws up the play, needed one play to win the game. He looked at his senior class members, James Worthy, Sam Perkins, and Dean Smith said, quote, I saw fear in their eyes. Dean Smith said, then a young man from Wilmington, North Carolina, all but 18 years old, grabbed me by the arm and said, coach, let me take the shot. He said, Michael Jordan looked him in the eyes and said, the difference is I know I can make it. What if being cut in eighth grade would have destroyed his confidence? It did not because he knew who he was. You know the rest of the story. Jordan, with his tongue hanging out, takes the last shot, wins the game. I think it was over Georgetown or whatever team it was. And he went on to immortal legacy of fame because he thought differently. He believed in his mind. Although one coach didn't believe in me, I still believe in myself. Listen, I would add to what Malcolm Gladwell says in his book, I would add this. This is my own observation. That most people who consider their lives to be unsuccessful, I'm not talking about what other people tell them. I'm talking about people themselves who have labeled themselves as unsuccessful are usually very much bound by limited or negative thinking. I I want you to consider this. Most people you know who said about themselves 
I haven't achieved anything are usually limited by negative thinking. They're usually bound by limited thinking. They have handicapped themselves. They have put chains on themselves. Nobody did it but themselves. They did it to themselves. I've, I've come to realize, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish, Brother Deacon's on the front row, I wish I was wiser when I was younger because I wasted a whole lot of my time hanging around folk. I tried to hope and pray that they would validate me. And what I realized is that, listen, I've wasted a lot of my life trying to reach your standards, trying to hope I can please you and knowing that that could never be achieved until I got to a point and I was older then that I realized, why do I need you? If God be for me, who can be? A, I want to help you young people. Don't, don't be like your pastor. Don't waste any more of your time trying to get likes from people whose likes doesn't matter. I heard somebody say something the other day that almost made me shout. They say one like from Jesus is better than a hundred likes from people you don't know. All the people social media wise that want to be liked and want folk to click on your page, one click from Jesus, one tap from Jesus, one go ahead boy I'm proud of you from Jesus one word well done my good and faithful servant from Jesus is all I know if God be for you who can be against you somebody ought to give God your best I'm glad God likes me it is important for us to develop an attitude, uh, an understanding of what God says and thinks of us. Listen to the text. In the text, the apostle Paul writes this very incredible epistle while in prison in Rome, somewhere between the years AD 60 in 62, Paul writes to the church that has been described by scholars as his favorite church, the church in Philippi. He begins by thanking them for their consistent support throughout his ministry. Listen to what Paul says to the church in Philippi. Chapter number one, verse number three as well as verse number five, the New Living Translation. Paul writes, every time I think of you, I give thanks to God. Paul goes on to say, for you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it up until now. In fact, Paul says to them in chapter four, Verse number one, Paul calls them his joy and crown. In other words, y'all are my prize and joy. The Apostle Paul goes on throughout this epistle to remind these faithful believers who are going through so much. I did tell you that he wrote this from prison. <laughs> Uh, context is important to understand text. If you don't understand context, you can't understand the text. This text means something different when you understand that Paul writes this from a Roman prison bound just three or four years from the writing of this epistle, he would lose his life with his head being decapitated on Nero's chopping block. But he still had joy. Can I preach to somebody? I don't, I don't know what you're going through, but this I do know that you can still have joy. 
Ah, Paul writes to his favorite church and he tells them that their attitude about what they're going through will definitely have an impact on how things turn out in their lives. If you want things to turn out, then you have to have the right attitude. He tells them in chapter 2, uh, particular verse 5, and we'll get to it when we get to the insights, that it is important that we have the right attitude. Paul goes on to encourage them to, oh, I like this, to shift their thinking. Now, y'all, let's stay right there for a moment. <laughs> Look at somebody and say, shift, shift. Somebody needs to shift. Somebody needs to shift. You get stuck in the sand. Have any of you ever grew up? Now, they don't have that anymore, but, but I learned how to drive on a straight shift, y'all. And you know you had a clutch and you had a straight shift. And I learned how to drive. And I remember my granddaddy teaching me how to drive. And, and, and handlebars were up there. You had to, I'm telling how old I am. And you had to put your car. And by the way, I taught my sisters and brothers how to drive, although they don't think I know how to drive today. But I, I learned how to drive on a straight shift. And you had to mash the clutch. But you know what? If you get stuck in the wrong gear, you can only go so fast and so far. Who am I preaching to? God says the, the problem with some of y'all, you in the right car, but you're stuck in the wrong gear. And you should have shift. Look at somebody and say, match the clutch and shift. In order to get to a certain speed in life. Oh, preach Pastor Jackson. In order to get to a certain place in life, you've got to learn how to shift gears. And if you don't shift gears, you will never make. In fact, my granddaddy said, boy, you'll never tear up my transmission driving in the wrong gear. Some of you have torn up everything that God has established for you because you got stuck with the person God told you you should have shifted out of five years ago. <laughs> Some of you are trying to hold on to something God said it's time to shift. Can I preach? God says it's time to shift. Why? Because I don't need you to go 10 miles an hour for the rest of this trip. Woo! If you want to go up the hill, you got to learn how to shift. If you want to go a little faster, you got to learn how to shift. Somebody lift your voice and say, shift! But here's what God says, Pastor Bradley. God, God, God told me, before you can shift where you are, you've got to shift the way you think. Ooh. Can I preach to somebody? See, you can't ever shift where you are by getting stuck in the way you think. Because guess what goes with you or who goes with you no matter where you go? You. Change churches, guess who will sit next to you in the new church? You. Change jobs, guess who follow you to the new job? You. Change husbands or wives, guess who sleep with you in the new relationship? Can I preach? Should I preach? May I preach? And God says, unless you shift your attitude, shift in your house, your bed, your wife, your husband, your job, your church, shifting all of that never matters. Unless you are able to shift the way you think. Somebody say, think about it. Come on, someone say, think about it. Say, think about it. So Paul goes on to encourage them to shift their thinking. And although they were going through some very difficult things, uh, he did not want them to be burdened by negative thinking. So he writes in Philippians, before he even gets to verse number eight, 
I want to share with you some things that Paul writes in chapter 4, which is, and I said to the church this morning, this is perhaps my absolute favorite chapter in the New Testament. You want to know what Pastor Jackson's favorite chapter is? It's Philippians 4. In fact, I told somebody a long time ago, I remember being in school and the professor asked, what's your favorite book? I say Philippians. He said, because there's only four chapters. And I said, because I can read it and don't fall asleep. Okay. But chapter four, look at this. He says, always, he begins in verse four, be full of joy. In other words, King James put it this way, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Uh, let everyone see that you are considering in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. Then verses 6 and 7, Mother Janie Ruth Jackson. Woo, I told the church this morning I talked about you. I says my mother has memorized this verse like the back of her hand. Oh, and it blessed me in such a way. We were having some health challenges in our family. No one really knew about it going through so much. And there were times in which I preached to you and I go and cry at my mom and cry with her. And I remember she said, son, can I give you a scripture that God gave me? And I want you to understand this. And y'all indulge me. May I preach this? Indulge me for a few moments. Uh, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. You've heard me preach this before. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And thank him. For what he has already. Woo! Can I read verse number six again? Don't worry about. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And thank him for what he has already done. And verse number seven. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can ever understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Clap those hands and give God I dare you to give him your best praise. I dare you to give him your best praise. Don't worry about anything. Praise God for everything. Tell God what you need. Thank God for what God has already done. His peace which surpasses all understanding. your neighbor and say don't worry about it think about it don't worry about it do me a favor take 10 seconds and just jump stand leave get up one time and say Lord I Let me preach this, y'all. Y'all sit down. 
before church breaks out. Sit down before a praise breaks out. Sit down before you remember one more thing that God did for you that only God could have do. Sit down before you're forced to put a praise on it. Woo! Sit down before you got to put a praise on it. Lord, I thank you. Y'all, I'm trying to I'm trying to move on. But mama, thank you, mama. Thank you. Thank you. I went to bed saying thank you for what you've already done. Thank you for bringing me out. Thank you for healing my son. Thank you. get to the text after Paul says don't worry about anything pray about everything tell God what you want and then I want you to thank God for what he's already done Mm, Lord I thank you y'all excuse me but Lord I thank you you brought me from a mighty So here it is. Here it is. Uh, Paul then transitions to verse number eight. <laughs> Woo! Mm. Uh, I can't get over, Lord. I thank you. You didn't have to do it, but Lord, I, Lord, I, I gotta thank you. Woo! Thank you. Thank you for making a way. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. I I, I gotta thank you, Lord. I thank you. Thank you. You've been a doctor in the sick room. Somebody gotta thank you. Somebody gotta praise him. Somebody feel like you got to praise him. Somebody, somebody, if he did it then, he can do it again. Woo! And now, verse 8, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one more thing. (laughs) Paul says one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, on what is honorable, and what is right, and what is pure. And what is lovely and what is admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Mm. 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 Trying to get through this, but I'm praying for something right now that got my heart heavy. But God just reminded me, son, if I did it before, 
I'll do it again. Can anybody help me give God a praise? For God's about to do it again. Somebody say, do it again, Lord. Do it. I know you're able. I know you're able. I know you're able. Three key insights I want to leave you with. Get your phones out. Three key insights. <laughs> Mother, I just had to apologize to God. <laughs> I, 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 I'm standing here on this pulpit and I told God, I apologize for ever doubting you. You reminded me, Elder Jennifer. <laughs> what you have already done and God says if I did it for your sons you think I can't do it for your grandchildren Mm. Lord I thank you thank you Lord so here it is insight number one the way we think can either you've heard me say this I am repeating this on purpose can be your greatest asset or your greatest downfall. I want you to get this. Take a picture of this. I think, therefore, I am. Your greatest asset or your greatest downfall is going to be the way you think. Because a man that is born of a woman is of a few days And the Bible says, Elder Corey, they are full of trouble. In other words, trouble will come. Your marriage isn't the only one that fell apart. Your family is not the only one that's going through a crisis. But how you think, what you think, can either be an asset or it can be your downfall. That choice is up to you. Second key insight. Jesus Christ is our greatest example. Philippians chapter 2, beginning at verse 5. Paul writes these words. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. The King James puts it this way, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. But I would do you a great injustice if I did not read the rest of that text in chapter 2. Verse 6, Paul explains what kind of attitude Jesus had. Mackey deals with this. He, He explains He he doesn't take for granted that his readers understand the mind of Jesus. So he outlines it for them. Though he was God, Jesus was. He did not think of equality with God as something to be claimed to. In other words, although he was God, he didn't throw it up in everybody's face. He didn't think it's something he needed to put on his page every time. He didn't need to tweet it out. He didn't need to put it on Instagram. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. (laughs) The attitude of Jesus. He took the humble position of a servant or a slave and was born as a human being. Verse number eight, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. You want to have the attitude of Jesus? Here it is. 
But look at the reward in verse number nine. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other <laughs> names. Ooh. If you humble yourself, God will elevate you. <laughs> if you don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to, God will elevate you. I told you early, one like from Jesus is better than a thousand likes from anyone on social media. Ooh. God elevated him. And here's the third and the final insight as you rest upon your feet. Here it is. And I'm leaving this one on the board for a while because I really want you to click this, take a picture of this, write it down. Positive thinking produces positive living uh, which will produce <laughs> positive outcomes in our lives. Can I say that again? Positive thinking produce positive living which will produce positive outcomes in our lives. Two scripture references in Philippians chapter 4 backs this up. First is verse 13. Philippians 4 13, the New Living Translation. For I can do everything through Christ that gives me strength. King James perhaps puts it in a way that you're more familiar with. And I can do all things. Ooh, lift those hands and say, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Positive thinking produce positive living, which produce positive outcomes. Somebody say, I can do all things. I can do everything. You can be the head and not the tail. You can one day be a burial and not a lender. Uh, you can not only work for somebody, but have somebody work for you. Woo! That's what the Bible says. Then I'll leave you with the final scripture. is verse 19. <laughs> Woo! So now Paul wraps Philippians up. He wraps up this text. And he concludes before his final greetings with verse 19. Paul says to these faithful believers in Philippi, and this same God who takes care of me will supply woo, all your needs. King James says, according to his riches in glory, which has been given to you, by Christ, just put the new King James up. I'm going to read one that you are familiar with. Philippians 4, 19. Listen to what Paul says. And my God. Woo. <laughs> uh, look at your neighbor say, this is my testimony. If you don't share it, that's your own business. But sometimes you got to give your own testimony. Somebody lift your hands and say, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus yes he will yes he will encourage somebody sitting next to you and just wave your hands and say yes he will God told me this morning yes he will yes he will yes he will Yes, he will. Anyone know your God? Listen, attitude determines altitude. If you want to go up, 
go down on your knees. <laughs> if you want to be somebody, hook up with Jesus. If you want to be known, have a relationship with Jesus. Your attitude about who God is, what he's doing, and what he will do will determine your altitude. I'm done. But here's what God told me. In order to hear from God, you've got to invite him to speak to your heart. Somebody put your hands right here and say, speak to my heart, Lord. <laughs> speak to my heart, Lord. Pastor Donald McClurkin writes this altar song that we're going to share. Says, speak to my heart, Holy Spirit. Give me the words that will bring new life. <laughs> Anyone needs new life? <laughs> I'm tired of doing what I'm doing, Lord. I need you to bring new life. <laughs> he says this, words on the wings of the morning. The dark night will fade away. If you speak to my heart, speak to my heart, Holy Spirit, message of love, love to encourage me, lifting my heart from despair, how you love me and how you care for me. Everyone in here, do me one favor, lift those hands and say, speak to my heart Lord the altar is now open somebody needs to be here right now this is personal today somebody needs to say Lord I, I, I need I'm praying for something right now Lord I need you to change me Lord right now the only way God can change you is that you've got to let him speak to you right now right now Listen. come on that's right make your way down make your way down right now my heart sing anthony yes it holy spirit give me the words that will bring new life who weren't on the wings of the morning the dark night will fade away you speak to my heart speak to my heart Speak, Lord, somebody. Holy somebody Spirit, needs to hear you right now. Message of uh, love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. To encourage me. Uh, lifting my heart from despair. How you love me and care for me. Speak to my heart. Oh, speak to my Holy Spirit. Oh, I never go on my 
you that are joining us virtually, pause right now, whatever you're doing. Uh, to those of you that are listening by way of radio, ooh, take this moment right now. Take this moment to pause. Tell the Lord to speak to my heart. Shift the way you think. From now on, no negative thinking. No limited thinking. Paul writes in this incredible text, he tells us to fix your thoughts at, on what is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, what is admirable. Think about things that are excellent woo, and worthy of praise. Think about it. God has challenged us this morning to think about it. That final insight, insight number three, positive thinking produces positive living, which will produce positive outcomes in our lives. Let us pray. Eternal Father, we thank you. We bless you. We have been challenged this morning, this day. We've been challenged not to allow the enemy to hijack how and what we think. Regardless of how it looks, regardless of what we may be going through, my God, will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glories through and by Christ Jesus. Lord, we thank you. We thank you. From this day forward, we're going to think of things that are lovely, good report, things that are excellent, things that are worthy to be praised and if the enemy brings negativity we're going to rebuke it and cast it into the pits of hell Whew. and declare no weapon formed against us shall prosper thank you Lord for it is already done someone is praying for something now you told me to say prophetically, it is already done. We can't see it or touch it or hear it, but we know it is already done. That child will be all right. <laughs> that situation will come together. And we say, thank you, Lord. Speak to our hearts when we feel negative. When you feel negativity in our lives, speak to our hearts. Uh, when the enemy comes to oppress and depress us, speak to our hearts. We know when you do, we will shift the way we think. This is our prayer. In your name we pray and give thanks. And all the worshipers said amen. All those on radio say amen. All those virtualists say amen. Come on. Listen, elders and ministers and the back of the church to pray with you. If you want to commit your life to the Lord, if you're looking for a church home, hey, give us the privilege of working with you. Amen. Call the number on the screen. Those of you that are listening by way of radio, 1-888-776-1238. Somebody is right there to pray with you. Right there. Come on. Speak. Oh, yeah, yeah. Speak, Lord. If I can hear it, then I know what to do. I never go on. Does the joy spirit guide? Let your word abide. Listen, as we softly sing, don't leave. I want us to do something. I want us to celebrate something. We have with us today, perhaps our oldest, I think it is our oldest member 
Oh, this church mother. I tell you, mother, this, this blows my mind because I went to visit you last week. And I know what the doctors have said. Somebody just handed me a note. Say, Mother Lottie Reese is in church today. Come on. Come on. Come on. Speak to Mother Lottie Reese. Amen. Mother Reese, we love you. Look at her. She's in the back. Y'all clear out. Come on. Put the camera all the way in the back. Right over there. Look at Mother Reese. Y'all. Look at Mother Reese. Ah. God bless you, Mother. 95 years old. tell you so so listen i went to the family last week and they said the doctor says mother we may have to amputate your legs family consulted with it she said no don't do it i believe mother reese wanted y'all to know she came here with two she's gonna leave with two and whenever god gets ready she already told her family i'm ready to go <laughs> amen this is a prayer warrior she prayed over many of us right now so we say thank you Come on, celebrate if Mother Lottie Reese. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Listen, as we stand for the benediction, let me remind you of our vision offering. Listen, I, I don't have to say much. You, you know when you ride down the street, you see what God is doing. It is all because of your gifts. Here's what I ask you to do. Every week, I need you to be challenged by God to sow seven dollars in the vision we've we've made a bold declaration is that we would never spend one penny of this offering for anything other than the vision and the building of god's ministry it would never be spent on a light bill on a salary it is not for pastor's appreciation Y'all appreciate me by just coming, hearing, and saying, preach, pastor. That's all I need. Okay. Amen. That's all I need. I thank God for this. Thank God for you. Because when you sow this $7, wait until you see what God is going to reveal. Wait until you see what God, our plan is to reveal this, reveal this on Family and Friends Day with a video presentation to see what God is doing for the next generation. Amen, somebody. So thank you. Thank you right now. Come on, clap those hands. Look at somebody and say, think about it. Take it. Tell them, think about it. Amen. Thank you. Lift those hands. Now may the grace of God, sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide with us now, tomorrow, and forevermore. And the church said, Amen. Come on, praise team. Come on, chosen. Take us out. God bless you. God bless you. to thank you for joining us online and in person. If you desire prayer, please call 1-888-776-1238. There are many safe, secure, and easy ways to give to Bible Way Church of Atlas Road. Online giving is available to both members and guests through my connections at bwcar.org. You can choose to give through your bank, checking, debit, or savings account. You can give via our mobile giving app by texting BWCAR along with your giving amount to 73256. You can mail your check to P.O. Box 90309, Columbia, South Carolina, 29290. Please do not mail cash. Financial donations will also be accepted at the church on Tuesdays from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. If you feel as if this service was a blessing to you or if you are moved by the message in any way, please be sure to share it with your family and friends. For additional announcements and for more information, be sure to visit our website. That's bwcar.org.